0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Soxing with Suntwe, the show where we celebrate ordinary people who have uh, made extraordinary decisions and as a result are leading extraordinary lives. Um, Because as you know, I don't believe in extraordinary individuals. I believe only that ordinary people who make extraordinary decisions get ahead in life. So uh, if you give me a second, we're just going to do the shares. If you've been with us before, you know the drill, you know how it goes. We try and share as much as possible. If you're already with us and watching, drop a comment, let us know where you are, where you're watching from, who you are, say hi, join us, get involved in the conversation. This is not a monologue. This is not just between uh, me and the guests. We want to hear from you and we want to hear what you've got to say and all the inputs that you have. If you just bear with me while I do the shares quickly, um, we'll get the show on the road as soon as possible. Um, It's always a little bit of a process. But it's fun, um, so yeah. If you uh, if you feel like you're getting value out of this, please tag your mates. Tell them to come and watch. Tell them to uh, you can tag them in the comments. You can share with your mates. You can share wherever you like. The more, the merrier. You know, share the love. It's uh, the only way to get it out there is uh, through everyone. So that would be really helpful um right posting it in just a couple of places if you just give me a second it's a bit of a slow process i really need a, an assistant to help me with this <laughs> that would be amazing one day when i'm uh when i'm a big boy maybe i'll have someone to help me but uh for now it's all on me uh right last share, and we are golden getting it up on the, on the screen, the big screen, so I can see your comments nicely. Hey, hey, there we go. So, f- so far, Hannah, hey, good to see you. Christy Lee, thank you for coming. Hey, Christy Lee's in Estonia, Hannah's in the US. Uh, we got Bonnie Murphy from uh, Tennessee, Mitchell Phillips, Wow. Okay. We've got we've got a uh, we've got cool things happening. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my guest, uh, Keith Haywood. Uh, Keith is a business strategy and culture change strategist and life coach. Um, and on top of that, we started our relationship back in, I would guess, 1998. Yes, that long ago. Yeah. when. Um, he actually taught me geography in high school, much to his, for for his sins as punishment for his sins. He got me as a student, so <laughs> I'm, I apologize right now for for everything that happened when I was a teenager. I know I was a shithead, but I think we all were. <laughs> so welcome, well, thank you. Man, for, <laughs> thank you for you're, suppo- you're supposed to say uh, you did nothing wrong. <laughs>
1: No, no, you are an angel, eh? Between me and you, you are an angel. The rest will speak offshore.
0: (laughs) Christy Lee Frost has even said, uh, greetings, Keith. How did you survive Paul as a teenager? (laughs) Anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. It was special, I must say.
0: (laughs) Nah, I wasn't that bad. But... um. Yeah, so where are we going to start? Start from the beginning. Uh, You've had quite an interesting uh, careers and changes of careers and uh, quite an interesting journey. So maybe let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Where are you from?
1: Well, yeah, excellent. There's there's stuff that you probably don't even know, Paul. I mean, when you saw me at, at high school, I was already almost developed as a professional, but i go back uh to you won't believe eh? i was born close to the botswana border Plumtree, mm-hmm. you remember Plumtree school you know we used to play rugby with them yeah so mm-hmm. i was born close to the border there um and so i grew up there but i went to school in uh Gweru, my high school and all that was in gueru at a school called fletcher high school uh, that was one of the best schools for african boys or black boys so it was a boys only school so i could relate to cbc because i also went to a boys school uh, thereafter i then did college at uh, hillside teachers college which is just not far from from where cbc was in Bulawayo. Mm-hmm. and after that i taught in a number of schools before i jo- joined cbc i was a teacher for a good 14 years 14 plus years which was too much if I had my career to do again, I'll tell you that I'll still start as a teacher because I think I learned some things that no other career could teach me. And um, I think I became a better human being because I spent a lot of time uh, uh, working with uh, But I think I overstayed. Uh, but then thereafter, I moved and joined retail. Uh, I joined the supermarket chain Spa which is an international brand, I think most people will be familiar with spa, supermarkets. So I joined them to do uh, training, almost teaching, almost, but now teaching business people. I did that for quite a long time. And then, um, some. I don't know, uh, seven or eight years ago, 10 probably, 10 years, I no, less than 10, I left them, but I must tell you the story about leaving them because uh, there's something I learned from leaving them. Then I set up my own consultancy, skills development consultancy, and that is what I'm doing now. And the interesting thing probably, which will give you more questions to ask me, is that from starting my own consultancy, I've gone to about 21 countries uh, doing that, straight from Zim. And I've gone to countries like Belarus, Mongolia, Albania, Russia. Uh, I'm trying to find the countries that I mean. I went to Belarus. I didn't even know Belarus as a geography teacher. I didn't even <coughs> know where Mongolia. Was a geography teacher. So you really had a dangerous geography teacher for you there. I mean, I went to Albania and I didn't even know where Albania was. So yeah, I went to 21 countries and I. I up until COVID hit, I still was traveling a lot, almost two uh, two weeks in Zim, two weeks out, two weeks in Zim, two weeks out. And it's a fantastic life in terms of travel, meeting different people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, it was a fantastic life. Right now I'm doing most of my work in Zim and the rest I'm doing virtually. I'm still working with countries like Saudi Arabia, but from my desk here. But I look forward to the days when I use I used to travel to all these other places. I I was in the UK, I was in France, I did all these amazing countries. Uh, but there's a story behind that story. So I think that's the background. Then you can pick whatever you want out of it.
0: Okay, great. So the first thing is, uh Fletcher Fletcher's commented here saying, uh, Brother Keith, Barry Painting says you're the best teacher he ever had.
1: Ah, Barry, yeah, yeah. No, Barry was <laughs> my man, <laughs> Those are some of the guys that make me miss teaching. You know, I've been out of teaching for a while, but when I think of your lot and Barry and I can name a whole list, you know that's what like, that could take me back to teaching. If you guys could come back to college, I could probably go back to teaching.
0: <laughs> if uh, if I tell you that um the person who recommended you as a guest for the show was Anthony Austin.
1: You wow, Anthony is, is in the UK, right?
0: Yeah, Anthony is in the UK, and I see Anthony roughly once once every one or two weeks.
1: Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, my 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 um, my nephews live along his road there in my in and Oh, All
0: right. Okay, so there, so yeah, it's familiar Anthony, territory. Yeah,
1: Anthony is a great guy, and his brother. <laughs>
0: For sure. So, I want to go, let's go back to your your career teaching. You said that it was a very valuable time in your life because you learned a lot from it. What specific things do you think you took away from, from teaching that have helped in developing your career so far?
1: You know, Paul, the thing about teaching um, is that it's a job where you're not paid a lot of money. Um, and there are some people who feel they are called to teach. But I don't think I was called to teach. I think I've been called to influence human beings or hum- humanity. So you would find that I enjoyed most of my teaching, not with the, the first learners, the clever kids, the so-called clever kids. I enjoyed a lot of my teaching with the, the guys who are not so so-called geniuses.
0: Hmm.
1: And 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 what is what touched me the most was that. I was able to relate to them both on their schooling side, their sport side, and their. life. And I found that I had lots of quality time with them while we were doing cricket practice or rugby, and things like that. I found I connected with them, and and there's there's probably the probably is because uh, when I was in high school, I think I was thought to be clever, but um, I think I. I needed teachers to connect with me in a certain way. So what I enjoyed most about teaching and why it formatted me is because it it helped shape who I am. It gave me my humanity because Mm. I wasn't really keen on students. Well, I wanted them to pass, but I wanted them to be better human beings. I mean, all my students were like my friends and, and that is something that no profession could give me. I mean, I'm now in the corporate world. Yeah, we become friends, we go for drinks together, but there's not that connection that I had with my students. And and that's something that I'll keep for the rest of my life. And it has formatted my idea of my purpose in life because I believe my purpose is to inspire people to live a life of purpose, to to inspire people to, to fulfill their dreams. And that's what gives me meaning. And not so much the dollars and cents that they pay me mm. and I learned that culture or that kind of thought process as a teacher,
0: yeah, that's amazing. I remember specifically as a student at the school um that one of the things I noted about you as a teacher was that you never had a you never there were no airs and graces or um sort of uh that superiority complex that comes with with a position of uh I don't, I don't know, power or leadership that you have with some teachers where it's very standoffish. There was a much more human approach to, to the way you did things, which was something that I always respected quite a lot. And I think most of the students that were there could could uh, agree with. Um, talking about inspiring people to live a life of purpose, give me, um, give me an idea of do you think purpose is something you find or it's something that you cultivate from from yourself?
1: You know, Paul, um, in my talks, um, I get a lot of this, and I've almost tried to find a formula which, which is not really easy or which probably doesn't exist, uh, where people say, how do you find the purpose, and, and how do you work out your purpose? And, and, and I would like your audience to probably engage us here because I'm going to propose something that probably sounds like textbook stuff, but I think that's, that's how it has helped me figure out who I am. I think, you know, your purpose, you cultivate it by finding the, conver- the convergence, the coming together of your passion, you know, um, your talent or skill, something that you do. You know, your passion is something you love. I mean, teaching was something I loved. But it was not the teaching. I think it was influencing people because Mm. the pay was not the big issue. So it was something I was passionate about. And I'm still passionate about people. The next thing was the talent. You know, all my students might have thought I was a great teacher because probably I was trained or, you know, it's something I worked at. It was just natural. I, 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 I related to them just like my friends because that's who I am. So it's something that's inborn to a certain extent and i've seen it in the corporate world i'll be in saudi arabia working with an interpreter and 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 you would think somehow people will not gel with you and they won't warm up and they won't you know get your jokes and you know relax around you but it's unbelievable how even in that environment you connect with people and this is something that you, you, you can't say you went to school or to, you have a degree in. I remember I was in Russia at one point. Did a whole session for, for a week. And one Russian elderly lady came to me and said, you know what? If there's anything I want you to know is that you changed my life. And, and I'm working with an interpreter, you know. So I'm saying one thing that the guy interprets, the lady interprets. And you will not think that you get through to people so that's why i'm saying talent is something that you just do with ease and somehow it works so your passion your talent and the third thing the convergence of these three things for me passion talent and the third link is the human need the stuff you are doing that you are passionate about that you just are naturally talented in somehow is needed by people so i'm going all over the world to all these businesses to go help them do something they really need they want their staff to be passionate about work they want them to have a positive attitude they want them to work as a team etc and so there is a need I'm passionate about it I'm just naturally being able to do it because it's a talent or a skill and and, and that becomes my purpose so so it's something that is within you but I think you need to cultivate it deliberately To be able to be very good at it you then have to say okay my passion has to do with developing people so i must read i must learn i must listen to paul and others when they're discussing mindset changes paradigm shifting i must watch videos i must watch so you you begin to develop it but you must be in that zone because of your passion your talent, and the basic human need
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I agree with with that. So if we go back to to the passion side of things, if we take each of those elements as, a, as an individual thing and dig deeper into them, because again, as you've been asked a million times, how do I find my passion? How do I cultivate my passion? Where's When's my passion going to suddenly raise its head? Or people sitting back on their laurels going, I'm waiting to find my passion. Um, personally, I think uh, passion is something that you have to, actively seek out and uh i mean in my in my short short years i've uh I've had probably close to ten things that I've passionately pursued, and I think personally I think that you find you find an interest, sink your teeth into it, yeah. develop the skills for it um so I just suppose that brings that brings talent into it, and then look at how you can utilize the 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 the, the skills you've acquired in that area. And uh, the passion that you have developed from an interest in a way t- that can be utilized towards human needs so you can use it for, for, the, yeah. for the greater good in some way. So, for instance, I mean, this is a, a grandiose example, but uh, um, where that all came together for me uh, last year in 2019 was I had found a passion in outdoor type adventure sports stuff. Uh, where It was whitewater kayaking, survival courses, being in the wilderness, uh, rope work, all that sort of thing. And and I really developed that passion as far as I could and uh, really acquired skills wherever I could in that field. And then the human need came into it when Cyclone E. Die happened. And suddenly I was able to translate all the passion and skills into something that was actually fulfilling. Yeah. So, um, yeah. again, you know, people go, oh, you're lucky you're lu-, and they you're waiting for the luck bus but if you look at luck it's like a bus the bus comes around every day at the same time or comes around regularly but if you don't have the 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 ticket and the admission to get on the bus you're not going to get it so i think the 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 hard work the skills acquisition the 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 knowledge um the knowledge base that you have to build yourself and the cultivation of your passion is the fare that you pay and the bus ticket you buy so that when the luck bus comes around you jump on the bus and go i don't know what you have to say or add awesome. to that <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's Oprah who said, um, "What people call luck, it's when opportunity meets preparation." Hey. So, like Precisely. you say, you know, we we need to be prepared to get on the bus. We need to buy the ticket. You need to go on time. You need to know which bus station, and the bus will come. So, yes, I, I'm with you in that. We all have something we're passionate about. The thing that some people always ask is i'm passionate about something but i don't think it will give me value um and and so they say but what's the point of my passion if it's not gonna give me value in terms of return in terms of i mean what i do now is i love it but people pay me a lot of money for it and somebody can say i'm passionate about something but doesn't give value I think people need to understand that it must address a human need, but you need to commod. I need to find the English word. You need to monetize it. Hmm. Uh, it's gonna be something that you are doing, like for me, this is a calling. This is what I do all the time. I don't have a day job and then this. But it's a, diff, you know, your passion is different from an interest. You could have interest in playing golf but it does not mean you are passionate about golf as something that will become your career. You have have a good interest and you love a good game of golf and and the social that goes with it. But your real passion could be something else. That could be an interest. So a lot of people have problems because they then say, what if my passion does not pay the bills? So what's the point of pursuing it? Um, I think it's Simon Sinek who wrote a book find your why it's something mm. that i would ask a lot of people to look for or just go on youtube and look for simon sinek who will pop up is very popular he talks about this idea of finding your why in business and in your personal life and 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 in that he suggests that your why is not you know you can't say i have a passion for rugby so i need to find where rugby meets my training and the need, the passion is the value you add to humanity. Something that you do, like Paul, what you are doing, and all your white water rafting and all that, you really want to add value to humanity. You want to change lives. So those who come to your what white water rafting when you were doing it, it was not just the the, the 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 adrenaline stuff. It was the fact that mm. you are actually entertaining people fulfilling what they want to do and is making money for you. So it's important for people to put that spin into it, to say it's not a like, it's not an interest, it's somehow something that is that adds value. That's why I spoke about that human need and that human need must bring the all Mm.
0: So to to expand on your thing with Simon Sinek, his book uh, Start With Why, it's called Start With Why. Great book. I've read it. And uh, his other book is also great. um, Leaders Eat Last, I think it's called. Um, But the original quote was Viktor Frankl. Um, I don't know if anybody knows Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, where he was a a psychologist who spent uh, a good chunk of his life in Auschwitz concentration camp. And um his quote is he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. And uh that's what wow. he if yeah, if you if you read uh Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about how during the Holocaust uh while living in Auschwitz, he noticed that the people who survived the thing had a why to live for and could then get through any situation that the Nazis and the and the the concentration camp could throw at them. But the people who lost their why were the ones that perished quickly. It's a very very interesting book to read. It's a bit of a tough read. It's not an not an not an easy one, but it's a, it's a good book to read if you if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, yeah, Christie Lee Frost also said it's a skill in itself to monetize what you are passionate about, which is hundred percent true. But also the other thing to add on to that, like you, when you talk about monetizing your passion, there's two there's two ways you can actually do it as well. You can either monetize your actual passion, which I did for the last eight years, kayaking full time and doing adventure stuff full time, and um, and uh, all the, the all of that sort of stuff. But then there's the second way you can do it, which is where I'm at currently, because I've uh, I've uh, sort of uh, pivoted on my passion where I'm now living in the UK and I've got other responsibilities and I have to, I've got a day job and all the rest of it, but I utilize my day job to create the financial freedom for me to be able to pursue my passion without needing it to have a financial reward. And um, so my day to day nine to five takes care of all of that. And then every Wednesday I'm here doing this and I can do this because I'm not sitting worrying about the bills being paid. And when I was, uh, when I was doing my passion as my job, I actually found that it started to kill the the drive I had for it because I was so worried about paying the bills and trying to make it into a business that I was killing my passion and killing my dreams by by trying to make them a job. So yeah there's there's two ways <laughs> two ways you can can go about the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
1: And, and 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 it's important. Yeah, and, and I agree with you Paul because It's it's very important to understand that, for example, the passion that I have, this traveling all over the world and doing, I can do it because I still have the energy. Mm. But I must realize that one day I would want to be sitting like this, broadcasting to the rest of the world because I can no longer fly, I'm too old. So I need to have something that still pays the bills. So even as I do this, I'm also ensuring that there's uh, other, what do you call them, other streams of income. That, that would allow me to do this even almost for free and 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 you need to have both of that um, if, if your passion is paying the bill sometimes it may become an obsession to the point that you, you suffocate yourself so it's important to make sure that you have other forms of other streams of income because sooner or later your passion may be such that you may not be able to fulfill it the way you did when you were younger and which is the danger I'm in now? Because a lot of what I do, what people pay me for, I have to physically be there. I don't even work with a team. They want Keith, Keith, fly over, Keith, come here. And then I realize there's a time when Keith doesn't want to go out there. Keith wants to go on holiday, wants to stay at home. <laughs> and that's where your situation, Paul, is much better because your bills are being paid, and you can follow your your passion without worrying about bills. So, yeah, it
0: needs a balancing act of sorts. But also, I mean, it all ties into each other because I had to go through that situation to learn what's important to me and what I need to do and how I want to do it. And also, um, yeah. where I was at that point has created the foundation for the passion that I'm trying to build into the future as well. So it all goes hand in hand. And the experiences that I gained through those those days and those uh, those adventures and those things are now being translated more into the mindset side of things and and where i can actually apply those to people's normal everyday lives and how i can be able to sort of reach out to 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 everybody on a on a common ground and a common level rather than having to drag them physically down rivers and up mountains and <laughs> and through the bush and <laughs> giving them near death experiences yes, yes, so I yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's but an interesting just, journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let me just add something because there could be guys in the audience who are saying, you know, we want to find our passion. You know, would want to be able to be in this kind of life you guys are talking about. I must say that a number of people are able to get into that by themselves. They are able to figure it out uh, by planning, preparation, coincidence. Call it what you want. But there are a number of people who may need a coach. You may need to sit down with somebody who's going to help you identify your passion, you know, your purpose in life and walk you through it. So so it's important if you are in a space where you are not clear about that, to actually find a life coach. You, there are so many. It doesn't even have to be a life coach. Your own uncle or somebody can sit you down and say, I think this is where you're gifted and I think this is where you're going. So don't be shy to outsource or to reach out. Not everyone will find it very easy just like that. Hmm. So that's one very important thing that all of us must take on board.
0: So, so this is this is an interesting point as well because I think it's important for me to 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 put it out there that even in my in my um, my journey and my path, I have had many 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 mentors and not just uh, like soft mentors who are people I look up to that are not a formal mentorship type situation. I've had people that are formal mentors who have who have taken on that position maybe not that I've paid for it or whatever but I, people that have guided me specifically in specific areas of my journey and and put me on the path and people that I've confided in and people that I go to still that that whenever I'm in a situation where I'm trying to organize my thoughts and, and get my head into the game, I go to this the, these specific people for specific areas of specific things, whether it be for business stuff for adventure stuff or general life stuff. So, I think if you're if you're open to 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 pe- to listening to other people's advice and opinions, and obviously when you listen, listen on the basis that you know that the person guiding you is guiding you from their own experience, and and from their own perspective of what they've gained from their life experience, and won't necessarily fit you exactly correctly, and you can't take everything yeah. um, as gospel. And you're going to have to, yeah. to to apply it to your own experience and your own uh, way of going. But it's it's something that's been a massive part of my life is 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 having these mentors and these people to to help me along the way. Yeah. yeah. So, so on that I note,
1: agree with you.
0: Mm-hmm. on that note, I would like to know who some of your mentors and um, your inspirations are for what you do. Um, for for me, I've like one of my big. Uh, one of the the my big famous people that I follow and that I that I talk about a lot is a guy called Tom Billu, and I really do model myself as much as possible on his example, and try to emulate wherever I can his example and his uh, his uh, his his way of thinking and mindset really resonates with me and the and who I am as a person. So if you guys are, want to check it out, there's a podcast called Impact Theory by Tom Billu. Go and check it out and have a look at that, and you'll get a lot of a perspective into to how I think. So. I'm interested to know who who are your sort of mentors and your um your inspiration for what you do?
1: You know there's a number of people who have influenced my thinking. Um, Anthony Robbins in the early days, most of you know Anthony Robbins. Um, in the early days he he's the one who really in fact before that, uh, I must tell you the story. Um, Some of the CBC boys will remember Mr. Albert Gumbo, French teacher. Uh, Some of you, when he came, he had gone, but he was one of the French teachers. And a fantastic guy. He's the guy who encouraged me to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey.
0: Stephen Covey. I read that book when I was 21.
1: Yeah. You know, I read that book probably three times. And those seven habits just changed the way I think. You know, there are two books that have influenced my life, the Bible and the seven habits. And, and, and I modeled my life around those seven habits, and I can sing them any day. And, and so he linked me with that book. He's the one guy who changed my, the way I think through linking me with that book. And thereafter I I, I I was influenced by Anthony Robbins. I read a lot of his stuff, listened to his videos way back. Amazing, amazing guy. And thereafter, the one guy then I modeled my life up to this day, his thinking processes, he's uh, Les Brown. The old man Les Brown, motivational speaker, business speaker. He's like been my my, my model i i i respect his thinking i respect his thought processes and then yes i've had a lot of other people in business i like john maxwell's way of talking about leadership influencing people uh teams etc cetera, etc cetera. so i've read a lot of his material and his influenced my thinking but yeah those are the kind of people that i probably spend a lot of time around and now i'm reading the simon Synax of this world and 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 many others
0: so, um, going back to, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Les Brown. Um, if if you check out the Impact Theory podcast with Tom Bilyeu, he does an amazing interview with Les Brown. That's a great one that I think you'd really enjoy. So, anyone out there who wants to check that out, it's on YouTube. Otherwise, you can find it on Spotify or any major podcast platform. Um, then going to back to the seven habits, can you, can you recite the seven habits off, off by heart?
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, the first one is uh, be proactive. Uh, uh, begin with the end in mind. Um, uh, the first one, the first three are about yourself. So be proactive, begin with the end in mind. Put first things first. And then uh, the next one is think win win. Uh, the fifth one is seek first to understand, then to be understood. The sixth one is uh synergize and then the seventh one is uh renew the yeah sharpen the sword seven
0: that's amazing what the the one when i read that that really struck home for me and something that i've always tried to 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 achieve obviously tried as being the the key word here because it sometimes you don't make it and you fail but the win-win thing has always been a priority in my life. I always want to see where I can find a win-win situation. We've been, uh, our culture and our society has been really pushed into an adverse adversarial type of mindset where everyone thinks there's a a winner and a loser um, when really, in fact, most of the time you can find a a win-win situation without having to compromise. I don't know if you have anything further to add to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And actually, during when he wrote his book in the early days, he had four, four scenarios, win-win, win-lose, win, lose-win, lose-lose. And then he added a fifth one, win-win-not-deal. This is where, Paul, we say, let's agree to disagree. I respect your position, and I'm not willing to trade in mine. Let's just shake hands and say, you know what? This will not work for both of us, which is win-win-not-deal, which I thought was fantastic absolutely fantastic and i must say that is to do with relationships now for those of us who are trying to find their purpose and find success and significance you're going to have to develop you're going to have to have very good emotional intelligence ability to build relationships your your success is one or two relationships away and and you need I like the idea of win-win because what you're saying, Paul, is in any situation, negotiate a situation where you don't win arguments, but you win relationships. Be able to say, listen, you know, this argument went south, but, you know, we're still brothers. We're still together. And, And relationships are some of the things that will take you to the next level. Not your genius, not your money, not your resources, but relationships so those who are able to build relationships always find themselves ahead from ahead of the pack so that's something that i learned from that's the seven habits and i've learned in life uh bringing in the emotional intelligence thing which is another book that changed my life um is goldman david or somebody who wrote emotional intelligence
0: oh yes that's a very good book But uh, going back to saying where um, like even Christy Lee Frost, she just said, uh, boom, you don't win arguments, you win relationships. Love that. Um, I love that, too, because my my thing since since as long as I can remember in my adult life now, I've always said that the greatest investments you can make is not property, not uh, gold, not diamonds, not stock exchange. The greatest investment you can make is relationships. Because no matter what, as long as you build relationships, you will never be hungry, you will never be homeless, you will never be starving, you will never be in a bad situation because there will always be people that you've built relationships with that can open doors and help you open doors wherever they need to be. So my priority has always been build the relationship, build the relationships, build the relationships wherever you can. Um, We've got a comment from Anaretha Furee. She says, makes one wonder, Paul. We are also worried about paying bills, living a life that does not satisfy our spirit. I'm just as guilty worrying about material things. Where if you are living the ultimate li- uh, life, enjoying what you do every day, you will find that your spirit is at peace. More important to live a happy life, doing what you love, than living a life that is expected by the world. When I worked on the Tugela at um, Fongosi, I didn't have much, but I was my happiest. Now I'm going through... Uh, the comment is cut off, I'm just gonna find it quick now I'm going through every day doing what is expected, but my soul is not jumping with joy. Life is killing us. That one's a difficult one as well because I don't know i'm i'm not uh i don't know because again, like i said i was living i was living the dream and I was absolutely depressed all the time because I couldn't pay my bills and i I needed things to be to be simpler and now i'm Doing the nine to five and and more fulfilled by doing what I love to do after hours than I ever was doing it as a job, so um, yeah, I think it's very individual that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, but I, I feel where she's at. Eh? It's, it's 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 an eternal struggle to find that balance, and um, and I feel where she's at. You. Because sometimes, you know, I go out when I go out into the rural areas and these places. You find guys who, in Africa, who have no worry in the world. You know, we're talking about stock exchange. We're talking about the, the U.S. dollar to the Iran, to whatever. They have a simple life. You know, they have a simple life. They don't have high blood pressure. And so you begin to think to yourself, how do I find the balance? You know, how do, I, how do I get to a place where I have peace of mind and not, like you say, if, if the bills are not paid and you are dipping in an urban life, you know, you have bills that will come whether you like it or not. Hmm. Yeah, you'll be stressed. At the same time, you get a high-profile job, you, you, you're you working to deadlines, to all sorts of pressure, performance, et cetera. You're making the money, but you come home and you are tired and you have no life. I must say there's no simple answer to what she's talking about. But somewhere along the line, I think I like your situation, Paul, where you are saying, I'll slog and work hard nine to five and then fund everything else so that I can find space for my passion. Mm. So maybe it's a way of finding the money and then finding space where you can express yourself and feel fulfilled that way. And for you guys living off overseas, I've got family out there, Paul, the guys just work around the clock. Right? While we have prize here every now and then, and et cetera, You guys are here. You don't have any prize anymore. No one visits anyone. You at work back night shift, day shift. And I think to myself, I'd rather stay in Africa here because once in a while, I can just go across. And we have a bride.
0: Yeah. Again, it, it depends on what you on what you on what you're trying to achieve. And like for me, so to go back to that again. What, uh, where we talk about funding your life and all the rest of it and having time to do what you want afterwards. The thing that I've tried to do is I try to gamify everything. So when I look at any situation, challenge, work, whatever, it's everything to me in life that is not life or death. is just another game. And work for me is just a game with different levels and the points is money. So so when you when you when you take a different perspective to the grind and also like I've I've said in many podcasts before is um a while back I changed my perspective on what discomfort and suffering is. And I I relish discomfort, I relish suffering, I, I have a completely different relationship with it because I know that from suffering and discomfort is where the growth comes from. So when I look at work and I look at the challenges there and I gamify it in my head, like like it's it's just another game another challenge with points to be won and things to be gained and i got to go through this hard hard level just so that i can get to the next level and get to the next part so that i can achieve the goal of uh, of getting the coins at the end of the day or whatever and uh, the reward for for passing that level will be that i can do xyz then the whole thing becomes a game and and it becomes less stressful and less serious because at the end of the day no one's going to die yeah and i think having come from more of a background of life and death situations you get to learn that you know if, if no one's going to die what's really to worry about
1: yeah 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 i think i, I get your point yeah if, if you are able to do that if you are able to see it yeah, as a game as a you know it's an act i need to go and put my hours and do my thing and then walk out and do something else yeah, if you are able to process it that way that, that's, that's a good one. but I also think that I also think that our lives go through cycles. you know um, I'm not young anymore but what has happened is that as you grow up, your age Paul and others, you need to slowly build um, yourself as a brand or your, 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 your trade or your act. As a brand, like what you're doing now, you need to get to the point where if we say Paul Tisdale, you know, that must resonate with somebody so that at a certain stage, you should be able to now be getting a return on investment on just yourself as a brand. I would Mm. say I learned this a lot later in life, but I must say even going back to teaching, some of the people that have opened doors for me are my ex-students. You know, Mm. these are guys who have said, no, let's try this guy. Oh, Keith is doing this. Mr. Haywood, no, he was my teacher. So I found that the fact that I related well, even with my students, um, was sort of an investment, even though I didn't think about it. But when I became, when I got into business, I deliberately developed relationships with other businesses and built my brand to the extent that now I'm being called to different places because people remember me from the corporate world to say you mean that guy you remember the guy who was speaking at big Falls? you remember that guy so I'm at the stage where I'm getting phone calls I don't have to advertise I don't have to carry a business card It's now almost working at least within Zimbabwe and now that I'm traveling the world I mean this afternoon I was talking to my Saudi guys and these guys have a different company. It's not the company I went to Saudi for, but the guy was working there. So he told his new company, listen, we're a guy who came here. His name is and so can we bring him over? So, so the brand is already building up in Saudi Arabia. And those guys will tell other guys, so I'm at the stage where my brand can now pay me back. Mm. So I think depending on what where the audience is, the younger and your generation, and you're still young by my book, Paul. Um, <laughs> you guys must start building your brand. You need to have a plan of building the Paul brand, the, the whoever brand. If It is not the person as the brand, but what you do. To the extent that when you, you hit those later years in life, you can almost sit back and accept certain commitments and refuse others and say, no, I'm not coming there. I'm not doing that for you. I only do for my top five. You need to get to that stage. Mm. But if you don't build it, you're going to go to your grave working like a slave.
0: True. Um, We've got Christy Lee saying... I think it's true that people in the first world countries do work a huge amount and are in danger of being caught in the proverbial rat race. But if you can prioritize building your network and social relations so that there is balance, it's a choice no matter where you live. When I was in Zimbabwe, I had very few close friends and community that was in my inner circle. It's been easier to connect here in Estonia because I'm prioritizing connection. To build on that, I think there's, there's also two types of people from Zimbabwe who live abroad. There's the one type who are living abroad to make money in the hopes to return to Zimbabwe, and those ones are the ones that I find are in the proverbial rat race, working their backsides off, sending money home to build houses, sending money home to try and create a a better life in Zimbabwe, and hoping that things one day will change in Zimbabwe, but living here in a a manner that is temporary. And I know people who have lived like that for 20, 25 years, They've lived a completely yes. temporary lifestyle for 25 years or more. And as a result are, are are really wearing themselves into the ground. And then there's the other type of person that has moved to the UK to say that I now live in the UK or I now live in America or I now live wherever. And I'm going to build a home here and build a base. And those people come with a different attitude yeah. where they where they're investing into a life here and they start to invest in having a, a leisure time and, and building a, a life and a community and a, and an existence outside of Zimbabwe, so I think that's where you get those two different types of types of uh, individual. And depending on what your your outlook and your mindset is, is how you will then experience the long term place. Because to me, in my personal opinion, geography is just geography. If I live here, Zimbabwe, America, it makes no difference to me. I have all my friends all over the world. I have family I have everybody it doesn't it makes absolutely no difference it's just just geography um absolutely. then uh,
1: yeah I, I, I always you know I always say that where you're born is just um a geographical coincidence you could be born anyway so whenever people say you want to be patriotic about being Zimbabweans and and people have misunderstood me there I've said, you know what? Patriotism is a dangerous emotion. You you, you are mm. you are you are in Zimbabwe because you're born here. You didn't you didn't engineer it. You just popped out in a geographical location <laughs> called Zimbabwe. You could have yeah. popped out in Australia or in Zambia. So don't attach too much meaning to that. Ask yourself, where I am, and can I live a quality life? Can I develop a life here? And you are dead right, Paul. A lot of the friends that I have who are overseas have. mindsets you have a group that thinks they'll come back and own these amazing houses and live this life and their future is always never now it's and these guys, these are guys who are 40 50 and going past 50 and they they keep talking about coming back home i mean they'll come back home when they are 80 and they'll they'll have no life Hmm. so if the future never becomes today and that's the disease we're always preparing for a future that is never today and, mm. and and you are here now enjoy what you can yes plan for the future but don't be reckless about your future yeah, but but don't have a future that you know i was in high school when i grew up or become this poll you are grown up i want to announce to you you are grown <laughs> up this is what you wanted to be when you grow up if you missed it live this life you are there now mm. and most of us never arrive at that because You always think, when I get back, when I grow up, it will never happen. You are grown up now. Just go on with your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Christy Lee builds on that again by saying, bingo, it comes down to the why. Why did you move? Why are you here in a new country? I lived the temp life in Zim for eight years, and it was so unrewarding. I've immigrated to Estonia now with a completely different attitude. Congratulations. And uh, then we had another thing from Anaretha. I realize we complicate things for ourselves, but my spirit is screaming for a simpler lifestyle. We'll have to seek stillness um, and and, and contemplate. Sorry. I get what you say, and we'll sit down and decide what's important in life and focus more on that. Thanks. Thanks, Christy Lee Frost. God bless. So before we continue, I just want to say that we are reaching like sort of 10 minutes left. It's not a hard end, but um, so if you guys want to add any comments or say anything or drop any opinions, put them in now and we'll try and address all of the all of the comments and uh, questions that we can in the next 10 minutes. But otherwise, we're going to just uh, wrap up with some 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 more questions that I have uh, prepared and then uh, try and wind this down and keep it to an hour. And uh, yeah, so. So. Don't, uh, don't be shy. Get involved. Get, get talking in the comments there, guys. So this is the part of the, the, the show where I ask the, the golden question. Um, for those of you who haven't been with us before, you'll see my name in the bottom left-hand corner there is Suntwe, which is a Tonga word meaning hyena, which was a nickname given to me on the Zambezi by my Tonga kayaking buddies. And uh, some of the villagers that live along the river there also uh, used to refer to me as Suntwe because of my ridiculous laugh. And it just means hyena. So uh, the big question I have for you is: What animal do you relate to, and why?
1: Uh, let me give you two animals. Um, I relate to, I think, to the lion. Whether I relate to it or because I've studied it so much, uh, because in my business presentations I try to draw a lot of lessons from the pride of lion and how they they are structured and how the males have a different function and the females have a different function but i think the lion for example is not the fastest animal but it dominates the jungle and it's because of strategy and tact and and just being very smart about how they they control the jungle so i relate to the to, to the lion for that reason and i've studied them and. There's lots of business lessons that we use, in terms of teamwork, in terms of uh, different roles, and in terms of how they make up for their lack of speed by being very strategic, and and how they they try to close, get very close to the prey, etc. So I relate to the lion because I think whatever success I've got is not because I'm the smartest or I have more resources than anybody else, but somehow it luck on the one hand but also just strategically having relationships and and relating to people in a certain way has made certain doors open which would not have opened uh if i had competed full throttle with everybody else so i relate to the lion but uh the other animal that i am associated with uh in my culture we have totems i mean paul you would know that from your association with your 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 tonga guys now africans black africans because i believe africans are people born in africa black or white so black africans in africa um you have a family name okay um and behind that family name there will be another name that is a link to an animal and that becomes your totem so my totem would be a monkey okay because it is witty, it is clever and so our our whole totem is around the monkeys and and, and it's not just my family there are two there are two family lines that share that one and 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 so i try not to relate to the monkey because it is too naughty so i skipped the lion which is a bit more Organized and aggressive, but yeah, so a <laughs> bit more discipline. What I choose to associate with is the lion because I've studied how the lion has dominated the jungle, and I think my dominating my space is using probably those kind of same tactics. You are not the the fastest, you are not necessarily the biggest, like an elephant, but still you are the you are the king of the jungle.
0: Hmm. So, what is the the question that people ask you most often? The most frequently asked question that you have in your career?
1: You know, I wish, Paul, it was a... I'll give you two. I'll give you one that is probably very philosophical for your kind of show. Mm -hmm. But I'll give you one that is real because I meet it every time. Uh, Paul, I go to, to, to functions where sometimes they send my name and um when i rock up there for some strange reason they expect a white person and, and and then they'll go they'll come to my room for this is this happens all the time except when they send a picture with my name they'll come to my room and they'll say uh, Sir, so we're looking for Keith Haywood, uh, <laughs> he's, using, he's using this room here. And then I've always found it to be funny, so I always say, yeah, yeah, I think he's in this room. Please come through. Let's, let's look for him. And then when the guy goes in, I say, oh, yeah, by the way, I am Keith Haywood. <laughs> and it has happened even at work. People come to a company and they say, we want to see Mr. Haywood. We're told he works here. Where is his office? They come through to my office and they knock and they say, Sorry, sir, we're looking for Mr. Haywood. I say, Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, I don't know where he's gone. And then they go <laughs> back and say, We didn't find Mr. Haywood. And then they come back. So, so this Haywood thing has been with me for the last 40 something years. It's the one thing people always say, How did you become Hayward? You know, type thing. But yeah, the big one really on a philosophical level is purpose. I talk a lot about purpose and people keep saying, how do I find my purpose? How do I know this is my purpose? To the extent that I'm now doing a bit of coaching on finding your purpose.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. The, the purpose thing is it's an age old question. It's something that uh, has so many different perspectives on so many different theories, so many different opinions. It's, it's a tough one that.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah, the, the the name one is brilliant. A similar situation, I, I don't know if you, like only a year and a half ago, I had a, a mohawk haircut and I had that haircut for 10 years of my life. And when I was running our our cosmetic company, the cosmetic manufacturing facility, I was the managing director of that company and I had this mohawk. And the same thing used to happen to me. The, the you know bank managers would come to have meetings with me at the factory or I would go to TM OK head offices in Harari for meetings and uh, or they would come to me for meetings and, and the same thing would happen. They would walk in and say, um, hello, young man, I'm looking for Mr. Teasdale. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, and uh, I, I used to say, "Please just take a seat here," and I would let them sit down at my desk, at my office, in the in the in the guest seats. I said, "I'll just call them for you quickly," and I'd walk out the room and come back t- five minutes later and go, "Hi, I'm Mr. Teasdale. How can I help you?" <laughs> true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I did Now I had so much fun
1: with my name to the extent the first thing I start It's almost an icebreaker. I mean, I go on stage and say, guys, do not adjust your your lights. Uh, My name is Keith Ewood. I'm as black as they come. So if you're looking for a white person, you won't see that one. And they all laugh. And Now I start my talk and everything works well.
0: That's brilliant. Um, Yeah. yeah. So we've got uh, three minutes left. The one last question I want to ask you is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind in the world?
1: Yeah, you know, let me be philosophical and then become real. I think it's Desmond Tutu who said, I want to be known to be somebody who has lived, who has loved, and who has uh, laughed or something. But, but really, I just want to be able to be, remem- to be remembered as somebody who, who added value to people's lives, who, who believed in people. And, and if I go back to my students, I hope they, they believe that I believed in them and I saw their humanity and not just the A grades and B grades. And, and it's the same for every human being. I want them to remember me as somebody who saw in them a humanity and a need to be that was beyond their performance, their mistakes, or whatever it is that they did. To have been a decent human being
0: Absolutely. Well, if I can uh, speak as a former student, and I can see some of the comments from Barry Painting, David Painting, and the, the likes in the, in the comment section here, I would say that judging point. by that, um, you've already lived a successful life. So congratulations, and uh, I'm wishing you all the, the best and all the success in the world going forward with your business. Um, can you just tell everybody uh, how they can find your business and uh, how they can get in touch with you if they want to if they want to um, utilize your services and uh, all the rest of it, you can also afterwards you can drop a comment, uh, some links in the in the comment section as well uh, on Facebook. But uh, just give them a, a shot, give your give it a shout out now so that everybody can can uh, know. Especially those on the podcast, they won't be able to see the the comments. Okay, no,
1: that's cool. Um... If you go on Facebook, I I use two brands. One is called Keith Inspires. Keith Inspires, K I, Keith Inspires. So my first name and inspires. If you go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I use that one. Uh, I also operate as Skill Up Twenty Four. Skill Up Twenty Four. Skill U P Twenty Four. So if you go on any of the platforms and type Skill Up 24, you'll be able to see my company and these contacts and and what we do. So it's Keith inspires for my inspirational side, and Skill Up 24. I think you can see those who can see the thing. It's in the background somewhere. Skill Up 24.
0: I'm actually just searching it now, and I'll put it up. I'll put them in the comments for you guys. Skill up 24. Okay, so here we go, guys. I'm putting it in the comments for you now. Skill up 24 is in, and Keith Inspires shall be in the comment section too. Sorted. And on that note, um, yeah, Sean Ferguson says uh, you added so much value to our life, our lives, Brother Keith. Thank you, uh, David. Painting says oh, best teacher Sean. ever had. Um, Barry painting. I think, Brother Keith, you relate to more to any animal female. <laughs> more. T- <laughs> <laughs> it comes from one of those
1: painting boys.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, um, and Aretha says, uh, thanks, Keith, for sharing. As a teacher at a severe intellectual disabled school, I can feel the love that you have for your students and can assure you that they will live the values that you've taught them. May only favor and goodness follow you. And Val, uh, our our trusty and loyal Val Chakali, who is with us nearly every week, thank you, Val, for always being so supportive, says, thank you, Paula and Mr. Hayward. Um, Yeah, and on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great catching up after all these years and um, seeing how far everything's come for you and uh, wishing you all the success and uh, that uh, you're already cultivating for yourself. So, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And please keep in touch. There's a a lot more stuff on the go, um, which I'll chat to you about on another time. But, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure and, uh, and I've really enjoyed our chat today. For everybody else, uh, this happens every week. Sorry, carry on.
1: I said thank you, Paul. Thanks for having uh, me.
0: No, no worries. Um, everybody, this is episode 28. This year I'm taking it up to episode 30, which will be the next two weeks. I've got guests lined up for that. Um, and on episode thirty will be the season finale for for 2020. So make sure you catch us for the next two episodes, and then I'm taking a break over the Christmas season, and I'll probably resume uh, first or second week of January, the first or sec- first Wednesday or second Wednesday of January. I haven't quite figured it out, but you will be you will be kept informed. Um, I'll post in the social with Sunway group. I uh, will post all over my pages and keep you all informed on what's going on and why and how and what the deal is. But yeah, two more nice episodes for this year coming up. So come and join us same time every Wednesday. And uh, thank you all for the support and for getting involved. And it's been real. Good night, everybody.